On this episode of Creepy Chisme, you will hear a few leyendas and stories from my family's home state in Mexico. Stories that have passed down through many generations, including Guanajuato's very own La Llorona legend. Come join in if you dare. Hola mi gente, bienvenidos. I'm your host Lore and this is Creepy Chisme. Some stories and info are not suitable for all, especially young children. Listen at your own risk. Hola mi gente, it's your girl Lore here with another episode of Creepy Chisme. How y'all doing? Me? Oh, I'm good. Better than before, for sure. Work's been work, and life has been, well, life. You know, I think we've all been kind of in the same boat, but the sunshine definitely helps. feel like I'm catching a cold, so forgive me, but I figured if I don't record now, I may get worse later and really sound like shit, so (laughs) bear with my little stuffy self. Not a lot going on lately, but it's May, and we've got a lot coming up in the family, including Mother's Day. Shout out to all the beautiful mothers out there and to all of y'all out there stepping up for those mothers who can't mother. I'm sure we all have a mother type figure we can celebrate. So yeah, Feliz Dia de las Madres. Happy Mother's Day. Um, I try to stay away from news and media, but have y'all been keeping up with the Trump trial stuff? All I have to say (laughs) is treated that man. Karma is slapping the shit out of you. So yeah, enjoy prison, vato. May my raza treat you right behind those walls. Can you imagine Trump in prison? Like, he joins a gang and shit? (laughs) So yeah, I don't really care too much about it, but like, it's just funny, you know? There was also another wild story that I heard about on the news, and since y'all are interested in the things I'm interested in. You may have heard this story already. Not much is known yet, but I still wanted to bring it up and share it with you because I was like, what the hell? Oh yeah. So mi gente, it's time for an updater story I've recently heard. On the morning of April 26, 2023, Michael Fontanelle woke up to his girlfriend and six-year-old daughter, both missing. Around 7.30 a.m., he went to the Harahan Police, which I believe this took place in Louisiana, and there he reported the two missing. However, a few hours later, the six-year-old girl's remains were found. You guys, her remains were found located in the front yard of her mother's house house. Now the mother lived really close to the dad. I think it was only like a block or two. But even more shocking was police immediately take into custody Michael's girlfriend 
who was located at a local hospital. And I'm not sure why they have not released why she was at the hospital, but I can only imagine possible mental health reasons, which I'm sure will come up in this case. But the reason they went after the girlfriend was because after they collected ring camera footage from the neighborhood, they collected clear as day evidence of the girlfriend, Hannah Landon, transporting a wagon carrying a 10-gallon bucket, which by the way, was where the young girl was found in on her mother's front lawn. So sad. But yeah, this bitch is literally walking down the block in the road, pulling this wagon. In the video surveillance, a white SUV passes right by her, doesn't even flinch. She doesn't stop. She just keeps walking, pulling the wagon. It was announced the child's manner of death was by manual strangulation, along with multiple blunt force injuries to her head. The hell did this baby do to deserve? Can't even imagine. The child was then stuffed into a 10-gallon bucket used to hold chlorine, which was then transported and taken to be left on her mother's lawn. As of right now, the girlfriend, Hannah Landon, is being held without bond on first-degree murder charges, as well as obstruction of justice charges. I feel like I have a lot of questions. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But I'm going to wait and see what authorities say in the next couple weeks. I'm sure we're going to hear more about this in the coming months. Like I said, I'm sure they're going to talk about mental health. Just, I don't understand. Especially if the child is not yours. Like, what is the issue? Now, in the article I read, police also stated that the girl's parents, at this point in time, seem to not have anything to do with the child's murder. So, they may have been looking at dad, right? But yeah, wild story. Um, My heart goes out to the family of six-year-old Bella. May you rest in peace, sweet girl way too young way way too young before we get into our episode topic today i just want to say that i have a special announcement at the end of this episode so be sure to listen until the end all right mi gente today i'm taking you to the motherland mi mexico lindo y querido the place where half of my sangre my blood is from it's time to get Creepy. So today specifically, we are going to focus on Guanajuato City and the many leyendas and haunting stories that surround the town. Now, in the past, I have talked about Las Momias de Guanajuato, which are the mummies of Guanajuato that they're very well known for. I mean, tourists flock to Guanajuato City specifically to see Las Momias. I'm not going to talk about that today, but do feel free to go back and listen. It's on a short episode where I also tell another one of my favorite leyendas from Guanajuato, about El Callejón del Beso, the the Alley of the Kiss, 
which is a tragic love story. Really good leyenda, one of my favorites. The episode is titled Guanajuato City if you're interested. And if not, I have many more leyendas for you today. But before we get into the leyendas, first a little history lesson. It always amazes me how young Stolen America is. So learning about old land is really fun to me. So Guanajuato was founded in 1554, but was not given a city status until 1741. It was one of the top mining places of the 16th century. It was once known as a very rich city because of all the silver they found there. Now, we can go even further back, and it's noted that their possible first known human settlement existed sometime between 500 and 200 BC. The group that lived in the area were farmers who grew mice, and other crops. A lot of clay figurines from this group have been found in Guanajuato, and it is believed that they may have evolved from, oh lord, forgive me, <laughs> from the Teotihuacan, let me say that again, the Teotihuacan Society. Pretty sure that's how you say it. Along came the Spaniards <laughs> in 1522 and they slowly started building on the lands and by 1529 Nuno Beltran de Guzman led a giant ass army of 300 plus Spanish and 10,000 natives. It was genocide. It was. They killed so many indigenous, destroyed full villages and in 1552 a captain, Juan de Jasso, discovered mineral deposits in Guanajuato when they started digging into the mountains and the hills around the city and named the area the Royal Mines. Of course, the greedy Spaniards at the time wanted in on all the silver they were finding, so they flocked to the area. We all know Spain conquered for a while, but in the mid-1800s, a priest, Miguel Hidalgo, led the people to rise up against the Spanish. Spanish? What the hell? <laughs> the Spanish. He was killed, but the people fought on. In 1821, Mexico gained its independence. And in 1994, the North American Free Trade Agreement encouraged the U.S., Canada, and Mexico to lift restrictions on goods. This was really good news for Guanajuato. They have long since been able to provide silver, tin, gold, copper, lead, mercury, and opal. The city is a lead in the manufacture of zapatos as well. Oh, hell yeah, you could get yourself some good-ass shoes in Guanajuato City. They also manufacture cars and auto parts, leather goods, chemicals, and electronic machinery. So yeah, they are a booming city. And not to mention a fucking gorgeous, beautiful-ass city. Like, look it up. It's gorgeous. I've had the privilege to go there when I was 16, 17. I don't think my teenage self took it in like I would today. So I, I, I just want to go back. And every time we go to Mexico, um, where my dad is from, like the little ranchito, it's like a three, four hour drive to Guanajuato City. And I always want to go, but 
we don't have a car out there. I'm trying to get my dad to buy a car out there <laughs> so we can go. Because otherwise you have to like buy a bus ticket and then it's like a whole day trip thing. And I really would like to stay there one or two days because I hear the nightlife in Guanajuato City is superb and just gorgeous. I Oh my God. Like the mountains, the houses on the mountains at night. I would love to see it. Oh my gosh. But anyway. <laughs> so yeah, they're just a booming city and they're just making all this stuff. And the mines were just so full of all these minerals. Now, fun fact. The name Guanajuato comes from a puripecha. I believe is how you say it, who were the first possible inhabitants of the area. So a word from the Puripecha, which is Guanajuato, which means the mountainous place of frogs. The Puripecha, I really hope that's how you say it. <laughs> the Puripecha Indians who traveled through the area thought the mountains looked like frogs. The state of Guanajuato is very well known for its many legends, due to the residents' infatuation with the supernatural. Which I think is just all Mexicanos in general, or Hispanics. Like, y'all know this, I say it all the time. So, today I bring you some of those tales. Now, recently my dad went to visit Guanajuato City with my sister and my brother-in-law and my niece. Super jelly, okay. <laughs> But they enjoyed it, the little that they got to do out there. And while there, my dad found me a book of leyendas from Guanajuato. And so I did my best to translate those leyendas. My translating skills were put to the test for this one. But I hope you guys enjoy. A lot of you ask for me to tell stories. You like the way I tell stories. So this one's for you. This is by far one of the most famous legends from Guanajuato. It's called La Princesa del Cerro Bufa, the Princess of Bufa Hill. This legend began many, many years ago about a beautiful princesa who was ruler over the city. Until one day, a terrible curse was cast upon her condemning her high up in the hills of La Bufa, awaiting someone to rescue her. One day, after many years, a man was walking down the cerro, and to his surprise, he finds a gorgeous young woman who was looking right at him as if she had been waiting just for him. He approached the woman, and immediately she asked the man to do her a favor. How could this man deny such a beautiful woman? So he happily obliged. She asked the man if he can carry her all the way to the entrance door of the Basilica of Guanajuato, which today is a famous altar built to house the famous Our Lady of Guanajuato, who was gifted by King Charles V, Holy Roman Emperor, and his son Philip II in honor of the town's mining prosperity in 1557. But this task does not come easy, she says. You see, the beautiful woman gives the man a warning. She tells him that she is cursed, and so he must carry her on his back. And whatever happens, he must continue on. Whatever he hears, he must continue on. 
he must promise to not look back for any reason. If the man can complete this favor, he will in return receive the young woman's hand in marriage, as well as be given riches beyond his wildest dreams. The man, weary and a little afraid, accepts the task and decides to carry La Princesa. On the walk down, he does as she asks and does not turn to look behind him as he carries her on his back. However, on the way down, he starts to hear awful noises, voices threatening him, animal sounds, and the worst sounds imaginable, all coming from his shoulders. Stricken with fear, he does his best to continue on forward. As they get closer to the church, he starts to become curious at the strange noises. Just as they were about to reach the front doors, he's overcome by his curiosity and decides to look back. He is mortified to see that the whole time he had been carrying a giant serpent-like creature with a horrid appearance. The man, completely terrified, runs off and never looks back. And that is how almost all stories of the cursed princessa end. Some say she's still awaiting someone to save her and end the curse, roaming the hills of Bufa. This next popular legend from Guanajuato is about a mummy, which Guanajuato is well known for. After a burial tax was put in place, loved ones that could not afford the payment lost ownership of their deceased. They would take the bodies and store them away in a nearby building. Due to the climate of Guanajuato, the bodies became naturally mummified. Eventually, the mummified bodies grew attention and people wanted to see. Cemetery workers began charging a small fee to let tourists get a glimpse inside the building. Eventually, by 1969, it became known as El Museo de las Momias, the Museum of the Mummies. And today, somewhere between 59 to over 100 mummies are on display. I've spoken about this before, and after learning the truth about the mummies, it's really sad, but a sight to see as long as you do so respectfully. Those are someone's loved ones. So anyways, this leyenda is called La Momia Que Sigue Con Las Ojos Abiertos, the mummy that continues with its eyes open. This is a strange but interesting story. They say there once was a friar who wore a rough sackcloth and humble sandals back in the times when religious servants severely complied with the obligations of their ministry. In addition to this, the friar also lived his life full of simplicity and sacrifice, so much so that he chose to wear the sack-like cloth under all of his clothes from the waist down. Because of his virtues, this friar was very dear, because he loved to comfort the poor and give strength to the weak. His charity was well known amongst those he knew even to others who did not know him personally. They say that one day while crossing La Plaza del Baratillo, he came upon a man. This man enjoyed the reputation of being a non-believer. 
The man picked on the friar, looking right at him and loudly saying, I bet that old man does not dare to have a drink with me. The friar, with all humility, replied to the man, Thank you, son, and may God forgive you. Then he walked off. The drunk man, however, was left astonished, because he was sure he saw the friar walk past, yet never touching his feet to the ground, almost as if he slid at a certain height over the pavement. He sat and thought about what he had just witnessed, and attributed it to his drunkenness. But the more he thought about it, he wondered if the friar was even human, and maybe instead he was a shadow or a spirit. The more he thought about it, the more he became frightened. However, after a few days, the thought passed, and the man, who worked in the mines, had a terrible accident at work, along with some other mine workers. The man felt as if he was on his deathbed and begged for a priest to take him. His co-workers went to find one, and shortly after, the friar was standing next to him. The man struggled to say, Padre, I am sorry to have mocked you once. I did not know you were a priest. The friar replied, Yes, that's me. The dying man shuddered with terror and with his eyes wide open, staring at the religious man, he took his final breath. They say that among las momias that are in the cemetery, there is the one that belongs to that miner. The corpse retains the expression of horror and pure shock on his face, with his eyes disproportionately open because no one could ever close them even after the man's death. Some say he died of pure shock. This next legend is one of my favorites about a group of musicians who play in an unforgettable location. This legend is called Los Musicos Que Tocaron En El Infierno the musicians who played in hell. In Guanajuato, as in many cities in Mexico, there are music groups who play serenades. This story happened to one of those groups. One day, a group of musicians serenade a young woman. At the end of it, a man dressed in all black comes up to them and offers them a job to play a party. He hands them an envelope with a good amount of money to pay all of them well. The group, of course, accepts, and the man tells them to meet him the next night at 11 p.m. on the same corner. He also tells them to wear all black. So the next night, they find the man who was already waiting for them on the corner. He asked them to follow, and as he took them through alleyways they'd never seen before, even though they were all born and raised in Guanajuato, they finally arrive to a small home. However, when they enter the home, it seemed to widen until it reached extraordinary dimensions. Then they went down a lot of stairs until they reached what looked like 
a living room, where the man ordered them to play. Something more than a bad feeling floated in the environment. The house seemed to have come out of a hallucination of a madman, yet it also had certain elements of a royal palace. The room they were in was so large that the notes of the instruments were lost in the vast space. The lighting was so scarce, the men could not see beyond 60 feet. Huge columns were lost in the shadows, and it was impossible to see where the ceiling was. The room had no ventilation, and it grew increasingly hot, almost suffocating. The weirdest part, however, was that they were ordered to play their best music, yet not a single person seemed to be in the room. There the group stood, playing their best in a room only nightmares can imagine, without anyone listening or watching. The more their eyes peered into the darkness, they began to glimpse at images from the dark. At first, the musicians thought it might be a costume party, because in the twilight, they could see strange faces looking at them. Little by little, they grew convinced that they were not masks, and that in fact the eyes of the guests shined in the dark. Instead of quick-moving feet, it was animal hooves that danced along to the tombs, and in the smiles of the guests were pointed fangs. After a while, one of the dancers stopped dancing and approached them. Isn't that Juan's sister, who passed away a year ago? asked one of the musicians. The musicians recognized the deceased woman and were petrified. She spoke. What are you doing here? Don't you know? This is hell. Upon hearing this, the men run, leaving everything behind. It is said when the men came back, they were all changed forever. They all lived the rest of their lives with bad fortune and ill health. Every town has a creepy story about a street or a haunted location, and Guanajuato is no different. This one is known as the Scares of the Santa Ana Bridge. The Santa Ana Bridge is located about 20 kilometers from the capital of Guanajuato. It's on the road to Silao and crosses a stream of the same name to allow cars and people to cross. However, legend says that if you are on the bridge after midnight, you may be spooked. Some people have seen a bright light coming towards them, causing them to slow down or merge out of the way. The light comes towards you at a fast pace, causing one to brace yourself for a head-on collision. But then, out of the light, comes the silhouette of a woman. Many have stopped to ask if the woman needs help, seeing as it's late and she should not be out alone. Most times the woman gets into the car. Once over the bridge, drivers turn to look behind them, only to see that the woman has vanished. There's also the spirit of a young man who a long time ago claimed to have jumped over the bridge to save a woman he saw jump. But he could not swim and the stream was too deep, so he drowned at midnight. Only the man's body was taken out of the stream. No woman was ever found. It is said this young man has also hitched rides, asking to be dropped at his hometown, Marfil, where his family once lived. Which of these stories is actually true? No one knows for sure. 
but many have passed down experiences of the two spirits on the Santa Ana Bridge. But if you are brave enough to find out, you must drive to the bridge at midnight and see if you can drive across without any spirits hitching a ride. This next leyenda is called Reto en el Panteón, or the Cemetery Challenge. Luis, a young man who stood out in his circle of amigos, was well-off and more privileged than his friends. He excelled at everything he did and had an imagination that led to a lot of his ideas. One day, Luis invited his circle of friends to join in on a challenge. He said the bravest man would have to go into the Guanajuato Cemetery at midnight and give proof the others could see the next morning. But like other times, Luis gave this idea with a friend already in mind. Jerome was physically strong, but also the most submissive. He would gladly do anything for his friends. But one friend spoke and said, It has to be fair. Let's leave it to luck, and the man who loses must enter the cemetery. So, the men decide to flip a coin until the last person stood alone. And to everyone's surprise, the lucky man to do the challenge was Luis. Internally, Luis was terrified, but he hid it. The men walked to the cemetery. I must mention, the date was November 2nd, which is, as we know it, Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead which is also why Luis chose this specific night. Also, I must mention that this story occurred back in the day when men used to wear cloaks or capes instead of coats. So the men are outside the front gates of the cemetery. It was decided that Luis would need to stick a wooden stake in one of the tombs towards the furthest part of the cemetery. That way they would know he had to have crossed the entire cemetery. Luis goes in and is immediately overwhelmed. As soon as he felt he had walked far enough away from his friends, he began to whistle to calm himself and to distract his nerves. He finally makes it to the last row in the cemetery that contained las momias. In one hand he held the long wooden stake, and in the other a heavy rock to hammer the stake down. He set off to complete the very disrespectful task. He placed the stake into the ground, and with the stone he gave three, four, five blows. His legs began to tremble, and his blood was pumping so hard he felt it in his head. His heart beating so loud he can hear it, and cold sweat began to drip down his back. He finally finished and was about to turn around to leave when all of a sudden he felt a strong tug on his cloak. Someone was holding him and pulling him back with force. The next morning came, but Luis never made it home. His friends dared not investigate even though they felt huge regret about the whole thing. Time passed on, and later that day, near the furthest grave in the cemetery, someone found Luis's body. He was dead, with the skirt of his cloak 
nailed into the ground with the wooden stake he had taken into the cemetery. This next story is about a possible serial killer who lived in Guanajuato, Mexico. I was super surprised to read about this. However, there's no real proof or documentation of it. Well, other than the home now turned museum with an amazing story. But is that all it is? Just a story? Maybe. The home is known today as the House of Laments. So a man named Tadio Mejia went insane after the brutal assault of his wife, Constanza. The legend states that Mejia suffered from psychosis after his wife's tragic death and would literally do anything and everything to contact her and be able to reunite with her. So he contacts a local bruja, a witch, who taught him strange and very sadistic rituals involving human sacrifice. I'm not saying the rituals worked, but Mejia went on to claim many lives. Eventually, not being able to live without his beloved, he decided to take his own life. It is not known the exact number of victims he claimed, but later, during a home renovation, human remains were discovered in the basement, along with satanic imagery. Today you can visit and tour La Casa de Laments. <laughs> I totally Spanglished that. <laughs> La Casa de las Lamentos, the home now museum of a killer's home, has become the subject of haunting stories from past tenants, owners, and workers. Many who have claimed to hear the wailing of people, which is how the home got its name. The museum plays upon the satanic murderer, decorating the home with skulls, chains, and hints of black magic. But possibly the most chilling part about this place are the framed portraits of Mejia and his beloved Constanza that stare right at you. I thought that was cool. <laughs> uh, again, don't know if it's a true story, but creepy. And I totally would go see this museum. Now, of course, if I have to share some leyendas de Mexico, I must share the Guanajuato version of La Llorona, the weeping woman. Now, this legend is the most famous throughout Mexico, but every town, every state has its own versions. This one is well known in Guanajuato City. In the times when the mines of Guanajuato were rich with metals, everyone spent money without a thought. The daughter of a noble family, beautiful and educated, was found dead one night. She was found hanging from her bedroom balcony. Her bed was perfectly made and her bedroom was left in order. A thousand opinions were made over the girl's sudden death. Time passed and one night, at 12 o'clock, near the homes by El Rio Guanajuato, today known as Subterranea, a vision in white was seen. A woman in white, carrying a small bundle wrapped in rags in her arms, walking with speed, passed through the streets and reached La Plaza del Hinojo, where at the doors of a home, she places the bundle of rags on the doorstep. She then backs away and gives a deep, 
yet piercing howling screech that shudders anyone who hears it. Legends of La Llorona are my favorite, and this one from Guanajuato is very different than any I've heard. The other legends have negative outcomes. I assume this one does as well. A lot of these stories and legends are based around the resources such as the hills and the mountains full of silver. A lot of them are about how bad things can happen if you're out late at night, which just a few years ago was huge in Mexico. I remember visiting my dad's town in Guanajuato and it was so taboo if you were out past midnight. Now I feel like it's not too big a deal anymore, but it was like a no-no <laughs> when I was younger like you and not because I was younger like I remember my older cousins my sister like they were like ah oh, you need to be home by like eleven thirty because if you're out past midnight something's gonna get you so yeah those are just a few stories I read my dad got me this cute little book and like I said that's where I got these from there's a lot more, so I might do some more later. Those were my first couple, and I hope I did justice in translating them. <laughs> um, it just takes me so long to translate them. Translating is awful, um, but I hope I did okay. Before we leave, it is time for my giveaway details. Oh, I didn't tell you. <laughs> I am doing a creepy chisme first. All right, we're doing a giveaway, yes. So, in order to participate in my giveaway and enter a chance to win the giveaway, you have to do a few things. So first, you need to be following me on Instagram. That's where the giveaway will happen. That's where I'll find you. So be on the lookout in the next couple days for my giveaway post. You must like it, comment on it, There'll be some more details that I'm going to tell you in the post, but I'm going to have you possibly share, not that post, but share a post and or tag me and share with your friends and family. So yeah, so look for that on Instagram. If you're not following me, go follow me and join in the giveaway. Once you do the things I ask, I will then enter your Instagram name and or name if it's in your profile, into a drawing. Then on May 24th, I will post on Instagram me pulling a lucky winner. So I repeat, look for the post soon on my Instagram, comment, like, and share another post, or tag Creepy Chisme in a public story for your friends and family. It's going to be a nice gift, but remember, I'm an educator so I'm not rich. <laughs> it's not going to be like a thousand dollar gift card or something like that, but it's a nice little gift. Once I pick a winner, I'm going to message you on Instagram to get some personal details for your gift. Good luck, mi gente. May the luckiest of you win. Today was a fun one. I hope you enjoyed my little leyendas. Make sure you follow Creepy Chisme on Facebook groups, Instagram, and TikTok, where I post a lot more creepy short stories and news. Just search Creepy Chisme. Also, don't forget to send in any ideas, stories, and personal stories to Creepy Chisme for you. That's the number four, Y-O-U, at gmail.com. I've gotten quite a few, so maybe I might do a listener tale episode for you guys. So get those stories in so they can also be added to that episode. 
I hope you all have a great week. Thanks for hanging out with me. Gracias por escuchar. Y nos vemos pronto. Creepy Chisme is created for entertainment purposes only. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, stay creepy and spread the chisme. Adios, mi gente.